0: keeping this going. If you got your Bible this morning, I want to ask you to turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 3. And you know it's Christmas. That special time of the year. The time when we remember probably the most important thing about the word of God. For from the beginning to where we were created in the perfect image of our father, our creator, and we messed it up. By our own choice, to choose to disobey and sin. God knew we would, so He already had a plan. <laughs> and we see the beginning of God's great story of redemption. And you know, at Christmas time now, we come and you look, and the story has been added to and subtracted from, and that's what man does. It takes what God has made so simple and perfect. And he tries to change it. That's the problem with the convention right now. And you know, you talk about churches leaving the convention. Well, if they continue to leave the word of God, there is no convention to leave from. It's just a group of people playing church. Because everything that matters comes from this book. And as we look today, perhaps the greatest verse in the Bible, some people say, is for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. Didn't mean he gave one of his sons. He gave his only son. And that's the God's Christmas gift. That's the whole story. And guys, when you think about it, I have been preaching as a pastor now, I think 23 Christmas sermons. And you want to have something new. You want to have something fresh. You want to have something that's anointed for sure. And God told me today, he said, you don't need nothing new. (laughs) Just go back and tell. So this is going to be a simple to the point. He Ain't going to preach the paint off the wall sermon. But I want to remind you what we see when we look to the scriptures. Because I want you to see something. Scripture's greatest statement is this. The most important word in the Bible is thus says the Lord. Because if it didn't come from him, it don't matter. And the Lord spoke and gave us the story of Christmas And the greatest thing about Christmas is that from the beginning, before the foundation of the world, before he even created us, it was ordained for Jesus to be the Lamb of God, slain for the sins of men. When they messed up and they had to leave that place called Paradise, the Garden of Eden, and they had to walk away from the presence of God with Innocent skins of animals on them to cover their sin. As they walked out, God was not scratching his head trying to come up with plan B. The cross was already on the horizon that he would give his son for Adam and Eve's offspring, which is us. And we would inherit that which would defile us and destroy us as that perfect created in the image of our creator. The only thing he created in his image. But God would not give up because God so loved the world. When we say God so loved the world, we will never in this life comprehend how immensely, how unconditionally, how his love is beyond our ability to comprehend for us. But not only us who are believers, but He loved the whole world. And that's what I love about the Christmas story. It's not just for the few. It's for everybody. And when you look at the Christmas story, God included the world. I mean, he has his son come, who he sends. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those of us who were under the law. And when he sends him, He finds shepherds. Simple, common, not very thought of people in the world. Not the elites, but the commoners. Not very educated probably. And they certainly weren't very rich. But they were the first ones he announced it to outside of Mary and Joseph and the immediate family. And the angels told them. And they said, for the day A Savior is born. And you go and you'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes. And the angel says, goodwill toward men. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Now guys, the peace on earth that he's talking about is not peace amongst us. But it's peace with him. It's his goodwill toward us now because Jesus has removed that which had separated us from God. And the shepherds came. And you see that they were there to worship the baby Jesus. But then he didn't just show the poor. Then he chooses the royalty, the kings, the three wise men who came with riches, who were wealthy. So from the poor nobodies to the king and the wise, he included everybody in the gospel story. Of Christmas And friends, I want you to understand something. Everyone can come. Whosoever will come can come to be saved because of what God did for us through Jesus. Guys, listen. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why did he have to give his only begotten son? Because whoever believes in him and what he did for us, not only was he born, but he lived for us. He stood in our place to represent us, to take the place of the one who represents us until he came, which was Adam. And as Adam represents us all, he represents us as sinful, as unrighteous. But the second Adam, Jesus comes to represent us and he represents us in perfect, holy, pure righteousness. He never sinned. The Son of Man, which was the Son of God, born and lived and he never sinned once and then he died so that he could save us why because it says those of us who believe that should not perish but have everlasting life see we were created to live forever in the presence of our creator and our God but when sin entered in physical death entered in and guys listen The good news of what God has done for us first brings bad news. (laughs) The good news of the gospel tells us it is written. That means the inspired, inerrant, perfect, God-breathed Word of God written in the Scriptures says that there's none of us righteous, no, not one. And it says, for all have sinned, and we all have fallen short of the glory of God, every single one of us. And because there's none of us is righteous, because we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory that God created us to be able to represent. Out of all the things He created, we had more potential to bring Him glory than any other thing that breathes upon the face of this planet. Yet we are the ones who hurt Him the most, sinned against Him. Yet He still loved us enough that He gave His Son even though the wages of our sin was death. I don't know about y'all, but that's part of the story. That's what makes a Savior being so great and important. Because it says there's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and fallen short of glory. And the wages, the payment, what we deserve is death. What is that death? It's the second death. It's, it's You die physically, but if you die without Jesus, you're going to die a spiritual death and be separated for eternity out of the presence of God in a place where there's condemnation because we're all perishing and we're all condemned. But listen, but, don't you like that word? That's one of the most important words in the Bible. But, even though all this is true, this is true, the gift of God. I don't know what you got under the tree, but that tree don't matter. The one that matters is the tree of Calvary. The tree where the greatest gift of all was ever given to mankind when the Son of God, the Lamb of God, gave His life because His Father gave Him as a sacrifice for our sins to buy, to purchase our pardon, our redemption so that we can be forgiven. And friends, listen, The gift of God. You don't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't do anything for it except say, Lord, thank you. I believe you. I'm trusting you. And God gives you the greatest thing you'll ever have. Eternal life in his son, Jesus Christ. Now I want you to think about this. The good news is this. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then Paul tells us, and God demonstrates His own love toward us. How did He demonstrate His own love toward us? Even while we were still sinners. Not when we got good. Not when we tried to fix it. When we were sinners in rebellion against God. Enemies with God. That's why the angels announced Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Now we're no longer transgressors. Now we can be children again. And we can honor him again. And nothing brings glory to God more than saying, yeah, I know I'm a sinner. And I believe you sent Jesus to be my Savior. And Lord, will you save me? Out of all the things that God does for us, everything else is nothing compared to had he provided salvation for us. And friends, think about this. How did he do it? Christ had to die for us. Christ died for us. Now I want you to think about this. If you look with me in where we are in John chapter 3, we all know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son That if we will believe in him, we won't have to perish, but we'll have everlasting life. But we forget this. Look what it says in verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. You would think that could be why he came. You know why he didn't have to send Jesus to condemn the world? The world is already condemned. We condemned ourselves, And we condemn ourselves every day. As long as you keep rejecting Jesus, as long as you keep holding out, I'm religious, I'm good enough, I've been baptized enough. You can get baptized every other Sunday and it ain't enough, amen? I've baptized people my record is i baptized somebody that's been baptized four times. And he told me I have to do it again. And brother, look, and he said he felt led by God. I ain't arguing with him. I'll baptize him as many times as they want, amen? But I'm going to tell you what, He could get baptized by the Apostle Paul and it ain't going to do him no good if he don't come to the cross. If he don't meet the Savior, he can be on the roll of every church from here to Jerusalem. And them rolls ain't going to help him when they call the roll. When the roll that's called up yonder, your name better be written in it. Ain't but one can write it. That's why it's called the Lamb's Book of Life. Jesus writes it and he writes it with his blood. And when he writes it in there, can't nobody get it out. Can I get an amen, church? You're saved. you got eternal life. That's something to get happy about, to celebrate about, to say, Jesus, you're everything to me. Because without you, I'm condemned. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I don't know about y'all, but the day I got saved, everything changed. Man, I'm going to tell you, church was no longer boring. Church wasn't somewhere I went to help make mama happy and mainly to get Diane back. Church was somewhere I woke up wanting to go. Sunday was the center point of my that week. Man, I don't know about y'all, but this is my favorite day of the week. Yeah, you, because you could get up here and preach. No. It was my favorite day of the week before that ever happened. It became my favorite day of the week the moment I met Jesus. And, friends, this is called the Lord's Day. Sunday, the day He rose from the dead to prove forevermore that in Him is life. And friends, He didn't come to condemn us. He came to give us life so that we won't perish. Look at what it says in that verse after that, verse 18. He who believes in Him is not condemned. I don't know about y'all. I believe in Jesus. Amen. There's a lot of things I believe that's probably not right. I got a lot of opinions and I'm argumentative, Diane says. But I can tell you what, it's settled. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're already condemned. But if you do believe in him, no matter what you've done, you ain't condemned, you're saved. And look at what he says. But he who does not believe is condemned already. That's why he didn't condemn us. Because why? He has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And friends, listen, this is the, the, the clear picture. This is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. Friends, you don't have to live in darkness no more. You don't have to live shut out from the life of God, separated from his mercy and his grace and all the things that he wants to do in you. He wants to fill you with his spirit. He wants to give the Spirit control in your life to where the Spirit changes you. It's called being born again, regenerated. And when that new life, that new birth, that second birth experience happens, a new life comes to life inside you. And it begins to birth things into you that you can't have undone, saved only by Christ. Then you begin to see the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you know that God's at work, amen? And friends, it's like, I'm the old chunk of clay that he found over there in the trash heap and he picked me up and he put me on the wheel and he's the potter and he's at work and he's reforming us and he's conforming us into the perfect image of his righteousness that is in Christ. And friends, I got to tell you, there's a lot of work and a lot of blemishes in me, but he's doing it at work, amen? And friends, look at this. We're no longer under condemnation. Now we're under renovation. Can I get an amen? He's renovating us. It's kind of like Richard and them see them old junk cars. I see an old junk car, and them Jim ain't here, but we, we, somehow we've been invaded with these car people. Dickie, I don't want any none out. we got head, head, car, but they see that car. They see something valuable. I see that car. That's work and money. That's junk. I don't want to fool with it. I don't want to have nothing to do with it. You know what? If you look at us sometimes, that's what we look like. Old junk, it's going to cost a lot of money and a lot of work to fix. But you know what? God said, you're right. It's going to cost everything to fix you. But I'm going to pay that price that no one else can pay. I'm going to give Jesus. I'm going to pay for it with my blood. And I'm going to fix you. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm in the process of getting fixed. Amen? And one day, I'm going to stand before him perfectly, complete, and pure righteousness before my God. Not because of me, not because of this church, but because of Jesus. He came one day. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died on an old rugged cross. He rose from the grave. He ascended back into heaven. He's waiting for me one day. He's prepared me a place. Amen. And then we get that place. And when we get there, can you imagine what it's going to be like? Christmas every day for all of eternity. Everything you need, everything you'd ever could have wanted for is all there because it's in Him that all things come to be. Friends, I don't know about y'all, but this is an unbelievable thing we have, yet we forget and we try to add and take away and fix. Friends, listen, if you ain't got Jesus, you'll never have Christmas. And if you got Jesus, You might not have anything else the world says matters, but you got the only thing that matters. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So friends, listen, this year at Christmas, don't leave him out. Make him everything, and Christmas will be good. Amen? You know, this morning as we look right here, look at what it says. No condemnation in Christ. The Apostle Paul wrote, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. How do you get in Christ Jesus? Well, you get out of the world. How do you do that? That's called repentance. Lord, I don't want to live in the world. I don't want to live for the world. Lord, I want to live for you. You turn from the world that's darkness that's leading you away from God and you turn from things that are unrighteous and you turn to that one who is righteous. You turn to Jesus. You say, Lord, as best I can today, I'm coming to you. I'm making a step to you and the Lord will come to you. And friends, listen, once you get saved, you just trust, you believe. But listen, you don't have to walk according to the flesh anymore. Now you can walk according to the spirit. What that means and the most easy way for me to explain it to you is you follow Jesus. How you follow Jesus? You read this book. You make this book your manual to how life is supposed to be lived. It's the instruction book, amen? My mama gave me a toolbox for Christmas, and I got it from Harbor Freight, and it, it didn't look the same. It could come in a box. The one at Harbor Freight was different. I took that piece of paper out in that book. I looked through it, threw it down, and I started trying to put it together. Man, I got about two-thirds of the way done and I got to put the big heavy part, had to slide that in and I found out them last bolts had to be the long ones and I done used about half them long ones way down there a long time ago. You know what I had to do? I had to go back down there and take all them longer ones out to find them shorter ones because the short ones only fit where they're supposed to go and the long ones will only work where they're supposed to go. Guess what? Life's a lot like that. There's a lot of things that you ain't supposed to go. There's a lot of places you ain't supposed to be. And there's a lot of things that God wants us to do. And it all comes from this book. So how do you walk according to the Spirit? The Spirit wrote the book. The Spirit inspired men. The Spirit is the teacher who helps you understand the book. And everything that the Spirit does with the book is to glorify the Son. Jesus. So what's he do? He helps you to follow Jesus. So listen to this, and we're going to finish this morning. Christ is not only the bread of life. He's not only the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes. Jesus is the light of the world. And we're going to look at this more a little bit tonight as we have our candlelight Christmas celebration. But I don't know about y'all, but since I met Jesus, I found out there's a right way to go and a wrong way to go. You ever been lost? Lost? You ever got lost in the dark? I told y'all this story one time. You see, a person who's lost in the dark, it's impossible to find your way out unless you got light. Now I'm not talking about dark a little bit. I'm talking about dark. One time, I was in Why not, and I shot this deer, and it ran off. That happens sometimes. I had blood. And I went back, and I got my dog. I had a tracking dog back then, Oh. Catahoa. Man, I put that bell on that dog and I turned that dog loose and I was excited because I knew he had horns. And boy, I'm ready to find that buck. I ain't paying attention. I'm just cutting through them woods, following that rattling bell. All of a sudden, that dog got so far I couldn't hear the bell. And all of a sudden, I got way out there in the middle of nowhere and I come out and holler for the dog and the dog don't care about me no more. And all I had was that one little flashlight. And I'm looking around with that little flashlight, and I'm trying to find out, how do I get out of here? And everything past where that little flashlight would shine, is dark as can be. I'm so far, I couldn't even, I was trying to listen for a log truck, see which way the highway was. And then I'm so far in the middle of briars, and so I'm trying to get the dog to come back. So I said, oh, my cell phone. I looked, and I didn't even have no service. That was like normal occurrence out there so i said man i got to find my way out of here so i just start trying to walk and i got that little bitty light and i'm just trying to get on there and i'm in briars i'm getting ate up man all of a sudden i came up on blood it was a freak of. i said dang there's the deer so i'm so stupid i took one sock off to hang in the tree so i could find that blood again for i could find that deer and then i'm walking with my rubber boot with one sock off that was a mistake Man, about 30 more minutes, man, I'm like, where am I at? And so finally, all of a sudden, the dog came up. He found me. So, man, I hooked the lead to the dog. I'm trying to follow the dog. He's dragging me through every briar. About an hour later, I came out on the road, and I was so far from where I parked my truck. I said, Lord, please let this phone ring. And I opened the phone up, and it came on. And I called Diane, and I said, look, come down here and come get me. <laughs> I'm give out. You know what? When you ain't got the light to show you the right way and you're lost in the dark, life wears you out. It's confusing. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what's important. You see, finding that deer wasn't important no more. Getting home became important. And you know what? There's a lot of stuff you think's important here that you're trying to find, but the most important thing is getting home. And home ain't here. At the end of life, when you breathe your last breath, you'll not be thinking about all the stuff that you found here like big bucks. Although, that's good. (laughs) What you're going to be thinking about is home. To be with Jesus. To be with God. And do you have eternal life? I promise you, it ain't going to matter how many gifts is under the tree. It ain't going to matter how much money you made. And in the end, it's good to have a lot of people around you that love you. But when you take your last breath, that don't even matter anymore. Because all that will matter is what you did with Jesus. God's true gift. And so my question this morning is, are you saved? If you died before sunset, would you wake up in paradise? with Christ because that's what God gave us at Christmas you're not trying to get there you're just waiting and just like you got your ticket I got my reservation I don't know about y'all but one day I'm getting out of here how about you are you coming with me are you going to get to see the Lord and live with the Lord's people because it ain't worth sitting here and letting your pride rob you I don't care how many times you've been baptized, you already heard, I'll do it again for you. I don't care how many roles you own. There ain't but one role that matters, and the only one can write your name in there is Jesus. And he will write it in there right now, this moment, if you want to give your life to him. So we're going to stand together. We're going to have an invitation. Oh, how much he loves you and me. He loves us enough that he'll forgive you today and save you. And he gave you the gift of his son. So I'm inviting you today to receive it. Now remember what we just said. He who believes in him, trust him, is not condemned. He who does not believe in him, does not trust him, is condemned already. And God loved us so much that he gave Jesus that if we'll just believe in him, and it don't take but the faith of a mustard seed, Enough to say, yes, Lord, save me. I believe you're the Savior. That's enough. You'll not perish but have everlasting life. If you're the one that needs him today, he would have came just for you. So if you need to come, come while you can. But if you are saved, let's thank him for it. Let's celebrate. As we listen to this song, let's just worship him and thank him for that great, amazing unbelievable, unconditional love that he gives us through Jesus. Amen? What a father. What a God. He's jealous for you. He wants you. If you're not his, he's saying come to me right now. So if you need to come, we want to celebrate with you. Bring your life and give it to Christ this morning and he'll save you. Maybe you want to come and pray for someone who you know needs salvation. Whatever you want to do, listen to God and let him have his way with you. Father, in Jesus' name, We've heard the good news, the greatest story of all, the gift that you sent through your son. Lord, if there's one under the sound of our voice who's undone, who's not sure, who doesn't know where he's going to spend eternity, Lord, help him to nail it down today. Help him to draw that line in the sand and step over to Calvary's side. Help him to get under the blood where he can be out of condemnation and saved. Lord, we're going to have a time now to respond. You know each heart. I know you're helping them. But Lord, give them grace to decide and follow. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to come.